0: Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome back. This is, uh, look who's here. Look who's here, this is my podcast. I'm Derek Reamers. I am a comedian. I, uh, meet a lot of interesting people doing stand-up, and I think you should meet them too. That's where I came up with the idea for this show. So, thank you for being here. Um, pretty cool week. My wife is, uh, I think we're finally adjusting back. I don't know how much I talked about this, but she was gone for like five months uh, in Japan, just came back a couple weeks ago, that's why last week's episode was kind of put out a little bit late and I've been kind of spotty on the uh, social media and whatnot, but she's back, I think she's adjusted, Um, it was pretty, I think it was pretty rough on her because I moved, uh, we moved from a house, from a three bedroom house into a one bedroom apartment while she was gone, and so it's been kind of, kind of chaotic, mostly because it's my fault, honestly, the house was a little messy and I didn't know she was like asking for her things I didn't know where they were some of it's in storage some of it is just missing I don't know I kind of fucked up but uh, I think now we're we're into the flow we know what's going on we're going to start saving some money and uh, I think it's good I think we're good I think we're in a good spot uh, go to DerekRever'sComedy.com and you can see where I'm going to be doing stand-up around Honolulu in the future and uh, you can go to uh, uh, lwhpod.com and subscribe to this podcast on Google Music, Stitcher, or iTunes. All right, you can subscribe and leave a review. Please leave a review. Please, please, please leave a review. It helps us out so much. Uh, the more reviews, the more five star reviews especially, get put on iTunes, uh, the more frequently this, this podcast pops up. Uh, you can also go to patreon.com look who's here. And uh, become a patron of the podcast. All right, just a dollar a month. That's all you need to throw in there. One dollar support a podcast. You'll feel good about yourself, and uh, I will get money. All right, that doesn't really go into my pockets. All that money just goes into the show for equipment, maybe video production in the future, that kind of thing. Um, it's not you're not buying my groceries with it. If that's what you're worried about. Oh, let's see. What else? Oh, at LWHpodcast on Instagram and Twitter, too. So you can, like, see what's going on with me and the show and whatnot. Okay. Is that it? Is that everything? I'm pretty excited about our episode. Uh, our guest today, super fun. Super fun time. Um, she is a drag queen superstar out here in honolulu she has her own show uh, called the sweet spot with candy shell you can find that on youtube and she performs all over honolulu and we talk about all kinds of stuff growing up growing up in uh, oklahoma how she made her way out to hawaii and where drag became a thing i learned a lot about this whole um i don't want to say lifestyle because i don't think that's the right word but just that whole scene The whole drag scene exactly what it is because I never really I never really knew or thought about it or experienced it was in it so as a as a cis white male you know I'm very ignorant with these things so it was fun for me to learn about uh so without further ado (coughs) look who's here it's candy shell um yeah, and I just want to like talk to interesting people and find out where they came from, what happened, why they do what they do, what- Well, you struck out, I'm totally boring. Not... <laughs> plus, plus, there's also a good opportunity for me because I, over the last couple of years, I've kind of noticed how, and not through like really any fault of my own, just I'm a white, straight dude. And how ignorant I am uh, of a lot of things. I'm very accepting. I've always been accepting, but I just don't get stuff sometimes. You know what I mean?
1: You're finding out about things. Yes.
0: So, and it's been a big part. Uh, my wife. My wife is uh, Mexican, uh-huh. and I don't think about that very often, really. But there's just little things that show up every once in a while. She'll point out to me that, like, oh, that's nice that you're just able to have that point of view, just because I like um. Uh, one of them is like, uh, uh, I'm like, why do people care what other people think? Like, just do like, I don't care what anyone else thinks. And she's like, yeah, you're a white man. It's very easy to just not care about other people's It's definitely opinion. easier. Yeah. So that, yeah, it's not that it's impossible for other people, but it's definitely like easier for me to just ignore other people's opinions about stuff. So stuff like that I've been, I've been, uh, finding out about and like, uh, especially like the, uh, the gay community. And, like, I was like, yeah, whatever, cool. But I didn't understand, like, how difficult that can be if if you're in a place that's not that accepting. And Hawaii, surprisingly, for as, like, blue as it is, you get outside of Honolulu, it is very conservative.
1: I was a little, I was a little uh, trepidatious when I was gassing my car yeah. up before I got here. I was just yeah. like, wow, all yeah. these people are probably on their way to church. And- <laughs> it is Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, so then
0: that's where I'm like, well, f- fuck everyone else. Who fucking cares? But that's easy for me to think about as in. No, I, I mean, know.
1: I think I would have been fine. I can hold my own. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So where are you? I'm going to hit pause real quick. Okay. I, I will. I paused <laughs> it because I got overly concerned about asking a question. Um, the candy, the whole, the whole drag thing. Mm-hmm candy is you but is a character or an exaggerated you or how does that like how does that come about how does how does one because there's a lot of like i think confusion especially now with like trans issues coming up where right. people are like you know trans and then i don't think people understand and i definitely don't understand like the where uh, where drag queens fall in that right, whole where, spectrum of things, where
1: trans ends and he, drag begins, right? So drag is more of a performative thing. It's it's like performance art, and I mean, I, in some ways, I think of myself as just like a clown. Like it's okay. I'm like a clown with boobs and that's <laughs> and blended makeup rather than or just some may hard say lines. an improved clown. Um, maybe maybe. <laughs> But I think also drag is different for every performer. Okay. So, you know, there are definitely some queens who find that they are trans through the drag experience. Okay. And then there are other queens who it's just kind of permission to be this bigger, more gregarious version of yourself. For me personally, the candy shell experience is kind of borderline supernatural like she's i kind of candy's like she exists out there in the ether and um and when the vessel's ready she comes in and she stays for as long as it's fun for about four or five hours yeah
0: yeah so is there like a is there also like an attention thing about it that you attention
1: thing yeah what do you mean
0: so like i do stand-up comedy And I love the performing part of it. That's where I I know you from. Yes, I did your open mic at Hula's. Uh, Yes, that's how I met Sandy. I get it all now. That's That's how I met Sandy, uh, who I want to talk about a little bit too, because she produces a show that I'm a part of now and she produces the sweet spot.
1: Yeah. Weren't you all fi- filming last yeah, night? We
0: filmed it last night and it was a huge, I couldn't, I was so nervous cause I do stand up mm-hmm. and I'm like, so I write a joke and I go do it in front of an audience and they're like, ha ha, or they don't laugh. And it's a thumbs up, thumbs down, but we've been working on this script for like almost three months. And so we're all reading it a bunch and throwing it at each other and we're mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's good. this, But no one's laughing. Right. So we hadn't performed it. And and we did it in front of a live audience last night, and it worked. Everything hit. You got the laughs. Everything hit, and I was like, I can't believe. I thought something was gonna bomb. Something. Out of the six or seven segments we had, I figured one thing was gonna. But it was yeah, it was great. Well,
1: congratulations. And thank you.
0: Thank you. Um, and Sandy's awesome. Awesome too. Yes. Where was I getting before that? What were we talking about?
1: We were talking about drag and the nature of. Oh drag. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So when I do stand up. As much as I like the performing and stuff like that, there is like, I do just like the attention,
1: mm-hmm. right? When I'm
0: on stage. Is that an aspect of it? Is it like a way for you to get attention? F- I mean, no
1: doubt. Okay. When you are eight feet tall and sparkly, you tend to get noticed yeah. more than when you have glasses and you're just, you know, standing in the corner. Yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, it's funny. I don't know. Have you watched RuPaul's Drag Race at all? I have, My wife has, and I've been in the room. So this... The, actually, the last episode that just aired, they the challenge they did was they brought in guys, and each queen had to make up this person who had never done drag before as their sister. So there had to be a family resemblance, and they had to, like, do a runway thing. Oh, okay. And two of the guys were straight. And so... And it was amazing because one of them looked a little awkward going down the runway, but the other one, like, she painted him up, and when he turned around and saw himself in the mirror, he was like, "I'm, I'm beautiful," and like, he transformed in that moment. That's crazy. So there's something about seeing yourself and not looking like yourself anymore. Right. And that could be true for any costume, you know? Yeah. That's why yeah, yeah, yeah. actors wear costumes, and you know? Yeah, okay. I guess that yeah, okay. I understand that. And I so, that. so yeah, I, I think, and it's funny because uh, RuPaul was actually saying that doing drag is a lot like doing drag for the first time is a lot like getting drunk for the first time. You don't know what kind of drunk you're going to be. You might be a happy drunk. You might be a sad drunk. You might be like a, a pouty, sultry drunk or a really gregarious, crazy drunk. Yeah. And uh, and that's drag. That's cool. I
0: never thought of it as like uh, uh, like you compared yourself to a clown. And I, I had never thought of it. That'll, clowns get such a bad rap. Well, but, yeah, so, these days especially. But it makes sense because you're just a character trying to entertain. Right. And, and put and on I a mean, show. And...
1: I might resemble a woman, but I'm an exaggeration yeah, of a okay. woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly where Candy comes from. I just know that I found this way to let her come through and she's a lot of fun. Cool cool um so are you from hawaii originally no or i'm you grow from up? texas originally texas i grew up in a small town well small town is relative a place called wichita falls texas um not too far far from oklahoma okay so up on the up on the little the, not the little, on the panhandle, the panhandle but on the flat part right next to oh, okay. it
0: okay okay i uh i lived in san angelo for six months oh, okay i don't know if you know roughly I where that is. I definitely do okay Uh, I was at the. I'm in the military, so I was at the Air Force base out there for six months, and uh, not a lot going on. No, no. Well, so what was I was I would imagine small town Texas, pretty religious upbringing.
1: Yes, very religious. How was that? Um, I didn't listen to secular music until I was like in junior high. I um, and my parents were very Christian, as was I. I had I definitely had a crisis of identity and faith right around seventh grade. Yeah it's about right 12ish. Yeah yeah. And went through this whole thing where my mom found out I was gay because she read all these notes that I'd been writing with friends at school. and then she listened into some of my telephone conversations. And there was this whole thing. We went to like a Christian counseling place. It was uh it was a little intense but it all turned out all right.
0: So you were able to talk about you knew you knew you were gay when you were 11, 12, 13 around. I
1: now. knew I was gay. I I I think I would say between 13 and 14 that was like the year that I really kind of came to terms with it. Okay. I mean, one you start figuring out this gay thing that people have been calling you at school all the time is like Oh, actually, they might be right about that yeah, were you were you kind of like a, like effeminate um you know what I mean like definitely okay, I did not fit in okay no it was and and at that time, I was living in a even smaller town than Wichita Falls called Archer City, Texas that had one street light. They didn't even have a grocery store. It was like oh, exactly what you would imagine as like middle of nowhere b f e. D- Dust, Texas town. dusty, totally, and um, so yeah, that was tough, but I think more tough for me was the whole spiritual aspect of it. Yeah, and uh, but then I had this experience where, um, I mean, I was I was kind of borderline suicidal, but you which know, which is which is a common yeah thing for like, sure. That's a
0: huge issue is.
1: But then also if you're, if you're Christian, it, you go to hell if you commit suicide too. So I'm just like, what am I gonna do? And um, And this presence appeared like not to my eyes, but like it was like a voice and an extreme feeling of calm came over me and said, everything is fine. There is nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with what you want you just happen to be surrounded by people who don't know any better so just stick it out life is going to be great you don't need to worry and this is when you're
0: 13 14 mm-hmm. you just had a moment of
1: yeah in like the midst of a of a really intense despair suddenly there was this shift and it was just like this this presence came and was like and and i'd never experienced anything like that so i was like pretty sure that was god like I'm, <laughs> you know, that yeah. was the most godlike thing I've ever in- experienced. So, um, so, yeah. Do you think, do you think that your religious upbringing would make you, like, do you, do
0: you, sorry, so I wasn't brought up religious. Right. So I'm trying to like, I'm not trying to, um, I don't know what I'm not trying to do. What I, Say that I'm delusional. I, <laughs> see, yes. Right. But, so I, when I hear that, what I hear is. Is you're you're having a tough time, and you're and you just for whatever reason you had a shift in how you're interpreting things, right? And you're like, "Fuck this! I'll be fine. I'll get out of here. Everything will be better." Do you think your religious upbringing made you interpret it as God? I think, and it that... doesn't really matter as long as it happened. I'm not trying to like yeah. discredit it. Yeah, it happened, and however you interpret it in a positive way, that's great.
1: And but... and definitely since that time, I've thought about it in a lot of different ways, but I still can't shake the feeling that what i had what what happened to me wasn't just me right. i felt like i okay. was being acted upon by a benevolent force okay and whatever that was i don't know but i'm so glad that it showed up you're the only one that
0: was there in right. the moment, so you're the only one that knows so right. I'm, not, I'm not trying to i'm just just curious that's all um and so, through, you said your mom found out because you were talking, she was listening to your phone calls with friends. <laughs> so, you were telling, your friends knew. In, I had a couple of girlfriends, okay. you know, who I had confided in. Okay. See, that's another thing with me. I'm like, I just assumed other guys. Like, I don't assume, I, I have this thing where, like, I'm like, oh, guys and girls aren't friends unless they're dating or trying. And it's like, I know that's not true, but like, It just it's I don't know. I have this like really old white guy somewhere in the back of my head that like hits my brain every once in a while with these things.
1: And and while gay men might hang out together a lot, when you're growing up or at least when I was growing up, I really can't speak to how it is now. It's like probably totally different. But depending on where you're at. But when I was growing up, like if you were gay and you were living in one of these kind of remote places where it was not accepted you were isolated especially from other guys who might be perceived as gay okay because that's only going to make things worse for you if you're hanging out with other guys like that so if they see one person who they
0: call gay next to another person they're like oh see that's proof right and now we can oh man homos so you gotta you have to isolate yourself in like a survival kind of way yeah to to try to man oh i'm sorry oh no please i just like that's i sometimes i i I, uh situation i try to relate to everyone in some kind of way and i i I can't imagine what that would have been like but i'm glad glad you got out of there. So how did you how did you get out of Texas? How did you just
1: well, the second I turned 18, I was like, I'm going to college not here. And I didn't really go that far, just a couple hours away, but it was enough. I traveled to Denton, Texas and went to the University of North Texas, which was amazingly Eagles. Yes, amazingly progressive.
0: I have a weird thing with small college mascots. I know most of them.
1: Can't say I ever went to a football game, but That's I fine. had a great time. Good at that school. Good,
0: good. Um, and when did uh, were you able to be open there? And
1: I was, but uh, drag wasn't even on my radar at okay. that time. Like I was, I was very of the mind that I was going to prove all the conservatives wrong and I was going to have this virtuous life and get a boyfriend and we were going to get married eventually and actually that did happen but I also happen to dress up as a woman a couple times a <laughs> <of> month <mine. laughs> So
0: for money did you have any any boyfriends in college or I did I, I was I had... that
1: and that was probably
0: the first time you were able to like date and stuff Yeah So yeah. any What what was that like? What was that experience? Because it's kind of you're kind of I would imagine you're kind of learning how to do that later.
1: Yeah, and so there's there's definitely some um, (laughs) you're like pulling some high school shit, but you're like (laughs) in halfway out of college. Yeah, I remember one of my first boyfriends, uh, you know, dramatically kind of like throwing myself on the hood of his car and saying, "It's over, Matt McKenzie," and um, that was cute. Matt McKenzie is that a real name? Did it's we... a real name. Oh, if Matt. he's listening right now, if he's listening, first Love of you, all, Matt. thank
0: you because this is new and the following <laughs> is not great. Um, that and then so how how do you get to how do you get to Hawaii from
1: North Texas? Wow. Okay. Well, by way of New York City, I lived in New York for about eight years, and um, I was in a drag band. In Dallas, what kind okay. of what kind of music? Uh, it's kind of like pop music that we okay. made ourselves and okay, mo- uh, humorous pop music. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I've seen, yeah, I know you have the, uh, uh oh, was it the song about the cat, the cat song, the kitty song, the kitty yeah. song. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. Thank you. Um, and you went, to, sorry, but you went to New York straight from so Texas, or I
1: went from Denton mm-hmm. to Dallas. Okay, and then I was in Dallas for a while. And I started this band with a couple friends called She-Dick. <laughs> nice. Let's not be subtle about it. Exactly. Let's be right up. Everyone should know what's going I on. I always had misgivings about the name, but I, I somehow, like, uh, alleviated my concern by saying we were female private detectives, even though we were not female private detectives. That was barely part of our act. But, um, but Yeah. So we had members of the band kind of changed over time, but I ended up taking the band to New York and we had some measure of success in New York. Oh, cool. We l- opened for Joan Rivers. I had a, um, I got a guest spot on Ugly Betty on an episode of Ugly Betty. Uh, we played lots of festivals and big stages in New York and um, just generally had an as, awesome time. As she did as
0: she did. That's not, that's a hard thing to do in New York. Like (laughs) to have any amount of success in New York is difficult. I think the name helped. Yeah. Oh, you know, it was like,
1: because, you know, you just see that immediately and you're like, what is this? And then you would see us and we were like, probably not what people would expect with that name, which was like two drag Queens and a real girl and all kind of, like, pretty and pop star looking, and sang these, like, funny kind of pop songs. And so it was sort of like, oh god, what's it gonna be? And then you were sort of disarmed by these characters. And, um we had a blast do you guys ever do you guys ever put an album together did you record? we have we've recorded a number of songs but unfortunately the band disbanded before we were able to ever release an album uh, so I have all of this material and I'm actually really excited because I'm finally getting a chance to use some of it for the TV show that I am currently producing the, the sweet spot the sweet spot with Candy Shell uh, and how
0: many, how many episodes have you done? I've only seen clips.
1: I think we're on, we're going to release episode six on Tuesday.
0: Okay. So and that, a,
1: that means you've been doing this for a while. Yeah. But we only have, um, do you do it monthly? It's monthly. Yeah. yeah. And, and we've only done three episodes in the studio. So. Okay. I usually steer people away from episodes one through three because those were like, those were the demos we had to make to in order. order to land yeah. the the whole season application for olelo our show airs on olelo 53 locally here in honolulu at two thirty a.m on tuesday so <laughs> if you're up uh smoking that crack rock or uh just got home from the club
0: Tune in. Do you do you throw it on YouTube after they air? Yes. And is that f- for all the rest of the world? Rice. Right. Is that is that what's the YouTube channel called?
1: Um, if you just search Candy Shell, and that's Candy with an I, um, you can search me on Google. You can search me on YouTube. I'll be the top of the list okay. as long as you spell it with an I. With an
0: I. With an I. Otherwise, you're just going to get inform-, inform information about general m M&M m production exactly. And or,
1: <laughs> there's also a, a a phone cover company called Candy Shell. Mm. So a bunch of if mm. a bunch of mobile cases I've come up, those. you know you've spelled it yes. wrong.
0: Yes. Okay, so you're in New York. You're in New York. Yeah, and I'm sorry. It gets warm in here a little bit, but I, I tried to point the the fan towards you. No, I'm good. A bit. All right, cool. Um, so you're in New York. You're in this band. <laughs> you're having some success. You're opening for Joan Rivers. Where? So where did, did it, it all actually... go wrong? Well, no, where did yeah, yeah, we can do a behind the music <laughs> on she dick. Um, where did so you said you were
1: in a drag band? When did drag come into play? Was that in Dallas? Well, I guess. Well, the way that she dick happened, if you must know, it was my boyfriend at the time, Peter, our friend Blake, and my good good friend Teresa. And some other friends, but the four of us happened to drop acid on Halloween, and we we had this plan to go and drag. We were all going to do drag. It was going to be fun. We, like, went to all these hooker stores and went to South Dallas and got ourselves some wigs. We did not look like drag queens. We definitely looked like cross-dressers. Just guys with just, wigs? Or just hookers. That's like another really question
0: like... I have, because cross-dressers—sorry. This is totally. I No, no, no. My wife— hates when I do this because I get really sidetracked. Um, that's just people who li- let men who like to wear ladies clothes and with often, no performance aspect. to it,
1: Right. Okay. And cross dressers are usually straight. OK. It's usually like a has some kind of like sexual turn on thing about it. Like you'll find that cross dressers, you know, they're not wearing hip pads and like all this elaborate huge wigs they want to feel like a real girl. So they're painting their nails and wearing like bras and panties, but it's more about the feeling. For okay. a drag queen, it's about creating an illusion okay. and really like pulling off this this um, trompe l'oeil, you know, like- I don't know what that word means, that was it, a big word. Uh, it's uh, en francais, <laughs> and it means to trick the eye. Okay. And um, an, an optical illusion, basically. Like, how when I do my eyes, I'm, like, drawing the crease of my eye above, like, up kind of onto my eyebrows to make my eyes get bigger. Okay. And I make my mouth bigger, and that makes my jaw look a little smaller. That is fascinating. I never – I've never
0: th- – I never thought about all of the, the- – I'm like, yeah, they're, they're trying to dress up like women. So they put makeup on, but I didn't think about the whole. There's a
1: science to it. Yeah. And I mean, and I still feel like a novice. There are some makeup artists out there on Instagram that I'm just like, damn, they can like, this is like, uh, it's, it's modern art on your yeah. face. Yeah. I've seen some of those videos
0: where they, they fast forward and it mm-hmm. looks like it takes five minutes, but it's really like an hour yeah. <laughs> of work. Um. So, you guys are tripping on acid on Halloween. In
1: yes. Alice. And we, there's this Halloween parade. We find ourselves walking in the parade. We're all tripping balls and are. You just wandered into it. I, it was kind of like, it, it wasn't like a, 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 well, I think there actually were some floats, but it wasn't hard okay. to suddenly just become part okay. of it. Okay. And uh, it's like an option for anyone who's wearing a fabulous costume, okay. Okay. which we weren't, but we did it anyway. And it seemed like our personalities ingratiated us with the crowd and um, and they were eating it up. And we started like making up these funny songs that night. And we're like, we should start a band. I've never heard of a drag band. Like, yeah, I mean, there's. Kiss and there's, you know, it's costume Freddie and Freddie Mercury, and stuff. but like not a drag band. And so, uh, so we started writing songs. You just
0: did it. We just did it. Can I? That is my favorite thing about people is when they're like, what about this? So many people think, what about this? And then they never do it. And you just, god damn it, you just did it.
1: Yeah. That's so awesome. It the, helps if it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And if you're on Acid. LSG. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so you guys put the band together and then
1: eventually move to we, New York. Yeah. With a totally different cast. Okay. Okay. It was weird because She Dick for me was like, I was only in it when I was with a boyfriend and he was in it also. Like I went from being in Dallas with my boyfriend there and another friend in the band. Then we broke up and She Dick ended for a time. And then I met another guy and I was like, he would look really pretty in a wig. And um and then suddenly he tried drag and the band came together and Teresa joined and we all moved to New York and then it was okay. She 2.0. So was that
0: that was that was your intro to, to drag and what would eventually become candy and all that? Or? my
1: my first first intro was in college when me and my friend Jesse, who's a woman, Uh, we came up with an act for a charity drag show called Portia and Jolene (laughs) and I was Jolene and we had these like mullet wigs. Mine was red, like bright red and hers was white and she had these big glasses and we just talked like this and oh my God. And we worked at the Allsips in Archer City, Texas Uh, together and we decided we wanted to be big stars. And, my, uh, um
0: my my grand my grandmother and her whole family are from uh, uh, Arkansas. Oh, well and then. so like her all her and her like nine siblings have that exact same drawl that you just did, and it just brought me back to like growing up and going to family reunions and stuff.
1: So we uh, won. Great, our our competition, and Portia and Jolene experienced a small career in the Dallas music scene, and then that kind of went away and then she dick happened so basically drag has been like dipping below the Uh, surface and emerging in my life again and again okay since college okay and then uh
0: so in new york was it just was it just she dick or were you i mean was that making was that making money or did you have to find a i mean we did
1: we did make money some money yeah not crazy money we had like a we had like a, a night at a at a bar like a couple times a month and we, um, like a themed party that we would throw. And we were gigging, but then that ended. And I had never done drag on my own. Okay. And I did do a few things in New York. And then I, I started, um, I became part of this uh, live late night talk show Thing called the Mary Joe Camel Show that my good friend Mary Joe Cameltoe put on. And uh she was the host. And um it kind of a lot like what I'm doing now with the Sweet Spot, only live. Okay. And uh and I was kind of her I was kind of the Ed McMahon to her Johnny Carson. Gotcha. Gotcha. So um I just And the, that was The Andy Richter to her Conan. Exactly. Gotcha. And for, for all the people that are 20. Right, <laughs> exactly. They're like, who the hell is she talking to? Johnny Ed McMahon, Carson?
0: Ed McMahon, the guy who does WWE wrestling?
1: <laughs> no, the guy with the big checks.
0: Yeah, the big check guy, the big face guy. Um, I mean, what a gig that guy had. Yeah, right. Ugh, okay, sorry. I'm a, I get sad tricks. Sometimes.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Wait, I forgot what we were talking about.
0: That's totally normal. Oh, uh, good. That I typically have that effect on people. Um <laughs> We, yo, you were, yo. You were the 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 McMahon to her Carson. Oh, right, right, right.
1: But Hawaii is really the first time that Candy has been on her own and out front. You know gotcha. where it's like. My show, my thing, and all my stuff. No, it's, it's, a uh, but it's cool. It's good yeah, to be um, an independent woman. Were
0: you candy on the, the Camel Toe show? Yes. <laughs> okay. So yes. You, that was when. Since
1: she did, I've been candy shell. Okay.
0: Okay. So it's always, that's always been yeah, the. Yeah. She's the, like the, my,
1: ca- gotcha. My
0: persona. She, has she evolved? Was she over time? or has She, she been...
1: has evolved. We, she's definitely evolved. But she, I think she did most of her evolving in the first version of She-Dick, and then she's kind of remained fairly consistent from then on. Except her makeup's gotten a lot better. <laughs> good,
0: It's always good. Yeah. It's always good to have improvement over time. Um, and then how do you get to Hawaii? You just decide, fuck it.
1: Well, well I jumped on a plane.
0: Who wouldn't want to live in
1: Hawaii? Actually, no. Hawaii was not even on my radar. Um, I got married in New York. Um, and, well, actually i met this guy and we were dating and we were very serious and we knew that we wanted to get married and then he got this opportunity um to come here for work and so we were like well like new york's experience kind of felt like i don't know like a little bit stagnant and just in that moment and so we were like let's do it and um So we came out here, and we've been here for almost three years. Okay,
0: so that's not terribly long. No. I figured it had been a little bit longer than that. I don't know why, just
1: because I jumped to conclusions. Just because I'm so established. Yeah,
0: Yeah, because you're so established. Everyone knows who you are.
1: Exactly. Um, So you come out here. Just like the white man coming in and colonizing everything. Listen, we're not... Trying to take over. We're not good at a lot, but we figured (laughs) that one out. We are good at being pushy. (laughs) Um...
0: So you come out here and then you just start going to shows or start performing or looking around at it? You
1: know, I, the way that I got my show at Hula's or even got involved with Hula's stuff was it was close to Christmas, the first year that we came and I hadn't done candy, you know, since we'd been in in Hawaii. And I was like, you know, I just want to, let's just do candy and take her out to the bar. Yeah. So I miss it.
0: Is that why? Was it like yeah? Of an and empty? I of
1: and and Yeah, friends that we had made here, we had told them about her, and they're like, "We want to see this," you know. But there was like no real reason to do it, so just you know, yeah. like six of us went Invite out. People to your to living Hula's. room and just come right, out, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and we went to Hula's. It was totally dead, but someone snapped a picture and tagged me in it. Then people at Hula's happened to see it, and they were like. Who are you? You've got really cool energy. Let's talk and uh, lots of different crazy things happen, but I ended up um being Hula's premier variety show drag queen. Cool. Did you go to do you uh, do you
0: uh did you go to Scarlet ever? Do you ever perform yes, there? Yes, and I adore Scarlet.
1: Um I've been there a handful of times. I performed there a handful of times myself. Okay. Uh haven't been performing there much lately since I'm kind of like this resident hula right. thing, but I am not adverse to it. I'll come back anytime you want me, Scarlett. It's just Scarlett, say the word. Scarlett wants to sponsor this podcast.
0: Oh, they do. <laughs> Feel free. That would be great. <laughs> um, uh, what? So this is actually, I just kind of thought of this. Um, I don't know how big of a deal this is, really, but there has been some pushback. Just on like social media stuff about like straight
1: guys being at gay bars. Have you heard of this? Um, I mean, I I haven't heard it recently, okay. but I can see it like coming from women. You mean coming from coming from gay men?
0: Oh, really? Yeah, uh, just because they're taking up all the. I'm making gross generalizations over some like probably one or two things I've read. <laughs> okay. So as as we do nowadays, <laughs> but the, the, the general gist of it is that like, um, it's not for them. There's a lot. It, it sends the wrong signal sometimes. If they're take if there's like if it's, I mean if there's one or two straight people it seems fine, but if there's like an, a, like huge groups of straight dudes at a gay bar because it's kind of like chic or cool. To go to a gay bar, you know, um, you you look like the look on your face is saying that this is <laughs> this is a dumb thing and it's not really an issue and get over yourself and we're not going to talk about it. Oh, I'm happy to talk about it. Um, I just I think I'm not trying to victimize straight men, by the way. I'm just trying to. It's it seems like a odd... are you sure? Um,
1: <laughs> no, actually, I'm not sure. No, I'm
0: actually not sure. <laughs>
1: Um, I think that I'm sure there are people that feel that way Okay. but I don't feel that way personally Okay, I mean especially now this time that we're living in gay bars for so long have been a, uh, an escape mm-hmm. from a world that doesn't allow you to be yourself but as that changes then I think the landscape of gay bars also has to change because you know if you just want to meet point, some guys right? yeah. you can go on Grindr You know, you can, there's, there's a lot of, or you could just go anywhere, you know, you don't have to necessarily, depending on where you are, um, have to be at a gay bar to meet other gay guys. And, um, and so I think there are lots of straight people and even more now with the advent of RuPaul's Drag Race being so popular, uh who want to go have that gay bar experience. I know there are tons of straight people at Scarlet every weekend. Yeah. And they're not turning them and away at I've never at the had an
0: issue with anything. I've just like this like I said, this is over generalizations of things I've hate seen. hate is going to
1: hate and people are going to bitch online that is yeah. like those are like the rules of the universe. Yeah. But but I wouldn't sweat it too much until it becomes like a a trending hashtag, I guess.
0: Okay. Okay, well that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad the straight white man is not victimized. No, you're still fine. That. that is funny though that you pointed that out. That you said, "Are you sure?" And I was like, "I'm not. Mm-hmm. I am not sure that that's not what I'm doing. I might be doing that on accident."
1: It's I... candy shell. I'm just here to bring enlightenment <laughs> to the masses.
0: Um. So what? When did uh? So you you get the gig at Hula's. Mm-hmm. And when did you want to do the sweet spot? When did that?
1: Well, okay, so. Sandy and I actually worked together at Kaiser High School. We both taught school um, the first year that we came here. Uh, We came here right around the same time. And uh, we became friends. She was really fascinated with Candy and started coming with me to gigs. And then she just became like my number one gal. She like helped me change backstage. She was helping me... She was helping Candy keep her shit together. <laughs> cool. And um, and then... She was your Ed McMahon. Yeah, exactly. And I don't even remember how it happened, but we found out about public access, or I think we just started talking about it. It was like, man, I'd love to do a public access TV show. and And she was really into it too. And we both had so much excitement about the prospect that we went and checked out the studio um, in Salt Lake, mm-hmm. uh, the Mapunapuna Olelo studio.
0: I, my my GPS is on Australian voice. And oh. he says, Mapunya Punya. Oh. Every time.
1: Punya Punya.
0: No one cared about that. Why did I bring that up, like No, I I interrupted it. a perfectly good story. I liked it. Thank you.
1: Uh, <laughs> so... Um, so yeah, we went in and we just inquired like what do you have to do to get a show here? And um we had a deadline that was like 3 weeks away, so we had to put together 3 episodes in 3 weeks to submit for a year-long series. Right. And um and we did it. Awesome. And we've been working our butts off ever since putting the it's, show together.
0: Haven't we we've just done the one episode and we're doing it monthly and I don't know cuz it's public access. I don't know how you could do something that's complicated and requires that kind of preparation more than monthly just for fun. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not yeah. like I know people do weekly shows there, but it's usually just like interview conversation exactly. stuff that like it takes not a huge prep. setup right. or crazy editing. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, it's
1: a lot of work. So it's impre- so it's you and Sandy. It's me and Sandy. Um, Sandy's husband, Adam. Yes. Our good friend, Jake, who we met through Olelo. And, oh, yeah, um, my husband helps out to makes props and things. He's going to have a lot more time now that he's out of school um, oh, yeah, for some break. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. And that's, that's basically it. And, and other friends are stepping in all the time to help, Okay, but we're still growing our, uh, our core crew. Cool. Yeah. Well,
0: six episodes, you're still like cutting our teeth. Yeah, exactly. That's really exciting. Um, What are the the future plans for candy? Future
1: plans for candy. Well, I'm running for Congress. No, I'm Um, not, but it could happen. Yeah, it's Um, 2018. (laughs) I was watching this amazing documentary this morning while I was getting ready called The Queen of Ireland or The Queen of Dublin. I can't remember. I think it's The Queen of Ireland, but it's about this drag queen called Panty, Panty Craze. No, Panty... Is it Panty Craze? It's not Craze, but her name is Panty. And um, she really became this vocal activist in Ireland and um, went from being a total outsider to being, like, celebrated by the city when they finally, like, gave gays rights and things.
0: They just voted to put down... Abortions were illegal Mm, in Ireland, and a couple days ago they just... There was like pictures, like videos going viral of people who are like um, Irish citizens, but they're living outside of Ireland, all flying home to go vote uh, to knock that, get rid of the abortion ban, Mm -hmm. basically, and they 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 did it. They did it, and apparently, like overwhelmingly, it was like it was like seventy percent, something like that. So times are a changing.
1: They are indeed. There's good things happening in the world. Everyone somewhere. that
0: yeah they're just not <laughs> as fun to talk about it's much easier to be in despair all the time than it is to oh, like God. find the good stuff anyway this uh this documentary
1: she, oh it she, was amazing watch it that's all i had to say okay about that.
0: okay and uh <laughs> um yeah so the the plan is to just expand oh, the show or? sorry oh, no, I
1: completely good. uh Lost You're that talking there. to the
0: king of doing that. So
1: uh, my five-year plan. Well, honestly, I really want to take this TV idea somewhere. Right. I mean, I love doing the show on Olelo but I would also love to do it on Netflix or Hulu. Right. And well, so, yeah, because as
0: fun as it is, it is public access, it's and it'd be, it'd be great to get
1: paid. Yeah, the money. Um, the money. and just to get out there and yeah. reach more people. Absolutely, and uh, so yeah, like I'm, I'm continuing to push Candy's uh, boundaries and get her a bigger and bigger audience, so she can be the crazy gal that she is for the world. That's awesome.
0: That's awesome. That's what I'm hoping. I'm just writing for this other show that we're doing, mm-hmm. so I can't imagine how much work it takes to actually be the person to organize that. It's a it's I've, a lot of work, I've but it's th- it's a labor of love too. Good good you get have you got like positive reviews from the show like i said i've just seen some couple a couple clips i haven't actually seen an episode yeah, yet yeah
1: we've definitely gotten a, a great reception and i think the show you know we are learning so much on the job yeah. we're like <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. very sink or swim but um but i feel like every episode is improving exponentially great so um great, great, great. so i'm super excited about the episode coming out next And even more excited about the episode coming out after that. Awesome. Okay.
0: So we got all the way from Texas to Hawaii.
1: Yeah. Did we miss anything? Is there any stories you have? Any interesting? Oh, my goodness. I mean, there's so many stories that I have. But, you know, when I was... um, God, I feel like every single story I tell has got some kind of supernatural bent to it. But Great. maybe that's kind of a candy thing. She's yeah. a little bit on the psychic phenomena. like
0: Yeah, no, tip. no, just because I'm a skeptic of that doesn't mean I'm not fascinated by that kind of right. stuff.
1: So. Um, so I once had an out-of-body experience. Well, I mean, the only out-of-body experience I've ever had was performing on stage. And uh, that was back in the Portion Jolene days. And I'm like singing and walking up and down the, the stage and suddenly realized that I am looking at myself from about 10 feet up, like it was like a really big kind of uh, music venue, um, that I could like see the top of my head and see myself walking and like, and it was this very kind of like dreamy feeling. And as soon as it registered, I was like right back in my body. but. I, and I and still singing, but like in the back of my mind thinking, yeah,
0: didn't lose a beat. But who he,
1: was singing while I was up there? You know, like I, I don't know. That yeah. was
0: that was kind of one thing that I didn't know because I never did performance stuff in like high school or anything, and I just started doing comedy uh, a couple years ago. But the one thing I never realized is that sometimes you're doing your act right. And you're like, wow, this is going great. I can't believe it. And you're still doing it. Yeah. You're still doing the act. And then like in the back of your head, like, man, this is really going well. I can't yeah. believe. All right. So, well, okay. So the next joke I got going is this thing. And then we'll, and it's just like, you don't miss a beat. I'm like, I didn't even know the brain could do that kind of thing. I always
1: thought I was going to be so nervous about it. But I think that's how you know you're in the flow Yeah. is when that happens. And you're, that's why people practice whatever it is so much so that they can finally just let go of whatever the doing is and just be in it yeah
0: oh man it's such a cool feeling and
1: enjoy it yeah i would imagine that
0: translates to doing for sure for sure yeah um i have asked people uh this question to kind of wrap things up what is your most embarrassing moment ever That you want to say into the microphone. Yeah, it's kind of out of nowhere.
1: My most embarrassing moment ever. God.
0: I'll share mine. I've shared this before in other episodes, but just to kind of give you some time to think about it. I was uh it was in uh sixth grade. I was on a school bus and this nice this nice lady whose name I've said on other episodes and I don't need to say it again, but she was a she was a friend of mine. uh, very attractive and she came and sat on my lap in the in on the school bus and I was like this is great she's flirting with me I didn't even do anything and then out of nowhere she yells oh my god he has a boner <gasps> to everyone oh no i did not have a boner
1: oh no
0: and i th- it was the most embarrassing moment of my life do you think she did it just to do the gag? I don't know. She was antagonizing. There is a chance zippers sometimes are hard. There, And I was wearing <laughs> but jeans. But they don't really feel like a penis. And you might not know that when you're in sixth grade. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I want to think, because I just- I That wanna, she's not evil? No, I want to think she is. Oh, that she is evil. <laughs> I want to think it was an awful thing she did. I, for some reason that makes me feel better about it. Yeah, that, like, that it just being was an, there was a comedy of errors. Yeah. And uh, and I think that ruined me on women oh, for no. <laughs> like probably ten years.
1: Wow! After that,
0: like I was always like really girl shy, and when I, I look mean, back, it's as understandable. To why, that's that's traumatic. When I look back to why, I'm like, man, that's the only thing I can really think of. Yeah. Is something well, like I that. think it's enough. Yeah. Well, when you're 12, absolutely, yeah, you're all that would that be well, enough for me. Hormones are just starting to kick in. Everything's developing and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, so the, the, the faux boner incident. Fobo. Fobo. If you will. Fobo. By, oh man. By Menin. We were on East Pole Road in Everson, what? Washington. We had just <laughs> taken a right, just turned right off of Mission Road. For any one of my friends that are listening, I remember the exact moment. There's that big empty field to the left before we hit any house. I remember exactly where it was at.
1: And how ironic, Pole Road.
0: Yeah, Pole Road. East Pole Road with no Oh man. This is like the second time I've talked about no it on the pole. podcast and I every time I get like mad about it again. God, dear Fucking Becca Schneider.
1: <laughs> no boner. Um, well, that is the time you're so most aware. I'm sorry that happened to you. I gotta go now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is the, well, when you're 12,
0: that is the time you are most aware when you have oh, boners. Yeah, that's They're the, coming all over the place. I knew, I, like, I, I know I didn't have a boner. And I remember thinking that because she was sitting on my lap. I was like, don't get a boner. And I didn't. And then, she didn't, whatever. Anyway. She blew
1: up your spot. Yeah. You know it's no okay. spot. It's okay. Um, My most embarrassing moment ever. You know, I... Sometimes it's hard for me to recall Dan Paul's memories when I'm Candy Oh yeah, I just have access to Candy memories And I do remember A, a performance in New York uh, For the BAM Festival The Brooklyn Academy of Music And we had Like Our three performers but then we had Two other people on stage with us We were like trying to do this big thing I am dancing in the background, like we have our three mics at the back of the stage, and then these two dancers up in front. And and I'm doing this dance where I'm kind of hopping up and down, and I kind of hop off to the right, and I hopped right off the stage. I fell <laughs> off the stage.
0: You did a, uh, uh, what was that, Leslie Frazier? No, not, oh my God, not Leslie Frazier. My wife, that's a joke. That's an inside joke with me <laughs> and my wife. Kelsey Grammer falling oh. off the stage. Have you seen that video? No. He just walk, takes a step too far. Oh,
1: yeah. well, I know the feeling. And it was kind of like, <laughs> like I had no idea it was coming because I sort of stepped back and and off. So and there was video, actually. And you just see Candy at the back of the stage just dips <laughs> out of sight. She just whoop. She's like just so it was personally embarrassing, but it was embarrassing. It wasn't. Listen. Falling off a stage
0: in front of a group of people is very embarrassing.
1: But at least I'm a clown, so, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that's how I, yeah. There's a lot of embarrassing things that happen to me when I'm doing stand-up that I'm able to play off. Because
1: it's a joke. Everything's a joke. We're all just joking. I mean, don't you think maybe being a comedian, I mean, because we both kind of are comedians, is a matter of, like, surviving really embarrassing moments. Yes, and turning
0: them into... Even traumatic moments and turning them into, totally. into comedy and jokes and tricking people. I just call it tricking people sometimes, stand-up <laughs> comedy. I'm just tricking everyone because that's all it is. It's saying some words to p- take them this way and then tricking them to go the other way.
1: And that and elicits laughter.
0: That's a joke. And I'm just tricking people over and over and over again.
1: They love getting tricked.
0: Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's fascinating. Well, this, this was fun. Yeah, do definitely. Have, do you have
1: anything else you
0: want to – so you want to plug um, oh, plug all your stuff.
1: Plug all my stuff. You can find me online on Instagram uh, on Insta
0: Instagrinder.
1: Instagrinder. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at at candy shell. Oh shit, that's not it. It's, <laughs> it's not it at all. Sorry. You gotta get this down if you're gonna take this I show to know, the next level. Oh man. It's at Miss candy Shell. That's M-I-S-S-Candy with an I shell. That's on Instagram. On Facebook, I'm just Candy Shell. And everywhere else, I'm just Candy Shell. It's YouTube. Is it a YouTube channel
0: called Candy Shell? Um,
1: The YouTube channel is actually under my boy name, which is Dan Paul Roberts. Dan Paul Roberts. Isn't that weird? That is a lot of first names. Yeah, he's got a few. That's what um, happens when you're from Texas. You get, like, a lot of names. Do you get, does that ever,
0: does does the does the boy ever interfere? Like, are you ever out in town? And people are like, Dan. You're like, I'm not Dan. And they're oh, like, you're yeah. Dan. All the time. I only know you as Dan. All
1: the time. <laughs> and people that know me are like, blah, 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 he. And I'm like, uh, she, just FYI, it's a she. Yeah. Big boobs, big butt, she. What, yeah, what about this isn't a she? 10 tons of makeup, <laughs> she.
0: Well, yeah, that was fascinating. I learned a lot. Good. And I, I learned a lot and I had fun. Did you have fun? I had a that's the great most, time. That's the most important thing for me is for the guests. And to I'm about fun.
1: to have a, a crazy, crazy time because I'm on my way to do my gig at Hula's. Oh, fantastic. Yeah.
0: Oh, are they closed? I thought, is it normally Sundays?
1: Yeah. Okay. It's, um, so yeah, when is that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Plug that. That's a good thing to plug. Um, so, Mimosas and Marys, my variety show that spotlights daytime dragon burlesque, happens the last Sunday of every month at Hula's Bar and Laystand, uh, which is on the second floor of the Waikiki Grand Hotel. And uh, show starts at 3 p.m. There's no cover, but you can get VIP tables at hulas.com.
0: Fantastic. All right. Awesome. I had fun.
1: Thank Thank you you so much.
0: This was awesome. Thank you so much. All right. There you have it. Wasn't that great? Wasn't that interesting? I learned a lot. I hope you learned a lot. Or if you didn't learn anything, I hope you at least had fun. Remember, uh, at LWH Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, um, DerekRiemersComedy.com for stand-up shows. You can also subscribe to the podcast there. You can also go to LWHPod.com and subscribe. And if you do subscribe, please leave a review. I'd really appreciate it. And uh, that's it. Cool. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye.